Welcome to the Doghouse. I'm Diana. And I'm David. It's Riverdale. Season 7, Episode 10, Chapter 127, American Graffiti. Jughead and Tabitha team up to investigate a mystery involving Brad Rayberry. Cheryl asks Tony if she can attend an after-school book club with her and the other Black students. Betty and Veronica ask Archie and Reggie out on a double date, and Fangs prepares for his first big gig. Remember when we told the writers that they needed to start telling us what the hell was going on? Uh-huh. They didn't do that. No. But as far as filler episodes go, this was fine. I've seen worse. It was playful. We worked on friendshipy stuff, so that's fine. Um, I think the, the biggest omission here is that we didn't even go to Fangs' concert. We just hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was a missed opportunity, but whatever. Unless it's going to come back around later some other way, which could. I don't know. If they're going to show it like a flashback, then fine. But it it feels a little odd. It also feels like we're going to get rid of Tabitha again. It it does appear that Tabitha's leaving again. Unless Angel Angel Tabitha can show up. So there's a part of me, and and I'll say this, that a part of me thinks that the Tabitha that we're seeing is actually our Tabitha. But she's really just showing up to get tabs on everybody to see what's going on, um, to see like how close everyone is to figuring it out, if they are at all, before she can like go back and bring everybody back. That wouldn't shock me. I could see that working, and that's why she she can't stay around too much. We haven't seen both of those Tabithas together. No, we haven't, because then the world would implode. <laughs> so we start the episode we're at pops and we're picking up from where we ended last episode sheriff tom is asking jughead you know does he know anything because they're trying to get a hold of rayberry's family if he had one and jughead mentions that he thinks he had a wife but he'll go to pep comics to see if he can get any more information and sheriff tom is like cool thanks we go to the Andrews house and Archie is trying to get Frank to settle a debate between Marilyn Monroe versus Elizabeth Taylor. Uh, Archie is very much on the Marilyn Monroe side and Frank goes, hey, uh, I-, I could name Sophia Loren, Bridget Bardot and Eartha Kid as hotter than uh, Marilyn Monroe. But in my op- humble opinion, so is Elizabeth Taylor. And uh, Archie just goes, you guys are itching for a switch in. <laughs> Very silly. But Frank got a call from Principal Featherhead and his grades are up. So that means Archie gets his car back and the boys rush out of there into the garage in the most adorable way ever. They're such dorks in this episode. KJ and Charles are clearly having a lot of fun with this storyline and it's so fun to watch. They have not gotten to bro out in a while. (laughs) A very, very long time. I love this. They go to the garage. The jalopy's there. Reggie is super impressed. He didn't know he had a hot rod or that he was into cars. Archie didn't realize that Reggie was into cars either. Reggie says that he always wanted one, but he couldn't afford it. Archie, you know, explains that they found this at the dump. Him and his dad have spent years trying to put this back together, and they fixed it just before he went off to Korea. So, yeah, they're super excited. Reggie's asking questions about the car. But the most important question is, can she lay rubber? And Archie's like, well, now that I got my grades up, let's play hooky and I'll show you. <laughs> uh, we cut over to Pep Comics and Fieldstone is not at all surprised <laughs> that Rayberry's dead. 
I think it's more that Fieldstone has seen way too many writers around him die. <laughs> because I think this is a front for the FBI. Uh, well, you know. But he's like, you writers, you all have your secret demons, don't you? Shocked. So Jug asked about his wife. And he's like, no, but he did have half his paycheck go to a P.O. box in South Carolina. Jughead's like, okay. Like, can I get that address? And he's like, yeah, sure. And it's like, as he's walking away, he's just like, dead. Huh. Very funny. Al Fieldstone has seen way too much shit. <laughs> he could care less. We head on over to the school. We're in the music room and it's the Black Athena Club. So this is the club that uh, Tony established for the Black students of River- Riverdale. And Clay is leading the discussion about the book Invisible Man. We get a couple of students who are unnamed in here as well as Tabitha and Tony. And as they're discussing, we find out that there's a faculty person there and they kind of cough to kind of interrupt a, a train of thought there. Just so it gets a little too uh, intense and political. Perhaps. But as Tabitha's talking, we can see behind her is the, the door with glass in it. And we can see Cheryl is looking in on the group. Mm-hmm. Cut to the boys joyriding in the jalopy and they're having a lot of fun. I love seeing the flames on the car. It's just, it's cute. It's a cute moment. They are riding by Sweetwater River. Yes. Gee, I wonder if that'll make an appearance again. What? Never. Uh, we cut to the hallway at school and Fangs is talking to Midge. It's like, how's my baby and our baby? And she's excited because she heard about Fangs's gig. And Fangs is like, ah, you know, Richie Valens is, is headlining. Uh, but there's going to be some music producers there. So that shall be great. Uh, Midge is super excited. She can't wait to come. Fang's like, you can't come. It's out in the boonies. And I've got to make good um, so that your parents will be okay with us getting circled. And Midge is disappointed, but she's like, okay, okay. It's so grease. It's very grease. I love it. <laughs> we go to the doghouse. Hey! hey. Uh, Jug is telling Tabitha about the half the paycheck. And they're both just kind of like, that does not sound like something someone who's going to kill themselves would do. So he wants to break into his apartment to see if he can figure out what happened, who this person is, if it is his wife, and just prove that he's the victim of foul play. And Tabitha's just like, would you like some company for that? And he smiles big. She's so direct in wanting to be around him. Yes. That I like your theory. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. I would like, I, I think that'd be cool. We go to the picnic tables outside and uh, Veronica is asking her, okay, so if you had to choose between Marlon Brando or Paul Newman, who would you pick? And somebody's like, well, to marry Paul Newman. But if we're just talking about a wild, reckless night together, Marlon Brando. And uh, Veronica gives her a little bit of guff and is like, you're not a girl, but like, are you using a new cold cream? Because you are glowing. And Buddy's just like, oh, no, it's just that I have freedom now because my mom is out of my way. And that weight <laughs> has been lifted. And so Veronica's happy for him. But she's like, you know, why deal in hypotheticals when we have our very own Marlon and Paul to play with here at school? And she's make she's making eyes over at Archie and Reggie. Riverdale. Riverdale. Shenanigans. So Veronica goes up to Reggie and is like, hey, um, let's, uh, why, why don't you give me another chance? And Reggie's just kind of like, hey, you know, I don't mind a chase, but in my experience, some people don't want to be caught. Is that you? Which is very fair. Mm-hmm. Like, 
He's like, I don't mind the game, but I don't want to play if it's just to play. And she goes, there's only one way to find out. And he likes that. He Mm -hmm. really does. And that is true of this Reggie and our timeline Reggie. He likes the game. And honestly, all Reggies. Many Reggies. So uh, Reggie goes to the locker room. Archie's in there, I guess, after practice. He's like, hey, um, do you have any plans tonight? Archie's like, no. He's like, can I borrow your car? Uh, I've got a date with Veronica. And Archie's just like, I thought you were done with all that. And do you have a driver's license? And Reggie's like, of course I do. I drove my dad's truck to the farmer's market all the time. Don't gringle. I'll be careful with her. And Archie's like, oh, man, sure. But remember, just like we learned in Spanish class. And then they both say this. Mi casa es tu casa. They are so adorable. It's just going to keep going. This whole fucking episode. just precious. It's like this exact tone that we just needed so much from them. I love it. It's great. We go back to the doghouse. Hey. And Tony is talking to Cheryl about how how wonderful the club is it's going really well you know Clay does monopolize the meeting but it's so fun it's clear he's got the hots for James Baldwin and then Tony's like okay so what's going on with you and she's like well between me and the Vixens and you and your new club we barely get to see each other and when we do it's three feet apart um can why don't we go catch a movie and you know Tony's just like I, I gotta go finish Native Son it's the next book we're gonna be discussing and then Cheryl's like, okay, well, can I come to the next meeting? I wouldn't say anything. I would just listen. And Tony's just like, you know, we're still in the first few days. I want to make sure everyone's comfortable. Maybe towards the end of the semester, you can come. And Cheryl's clearly disappointed, but she's just like, what, whatever you think is best. And they hold hands. And they they, they kind of like hold hands for a moment. Um, but I, You know, Cheryl's not wearing her lipstick. No lipstick, Cheryl. Um, I the thing I like about this Cheryl is that this is the Cheryl I wish we could have gotten in our timeline because this Cheryl like voices what she wants and what she's needing from her partner. I want I need more time with you. I would like to share in this experience with you. Well, and to like, be fair, maybe this is finally her opportunity to do that. Fair. But, like, also, and I, I like that, like, when she's told no, she doesn't, like, throw a fit. She's not trying to scheme to get to get what she wants. She's just like, okay. I like, this is, like, the healthy version of what a Choni relationship could be. Because our timeline is toxic as fuck. It is, but, I mean, mm-hmm. I, again, they keep playing out some of the much deeper things that were unresolved before they entered this timeline. <laughs> yes. Betty goes to find Archie and, you know, asks him, you know, hey, I heard you have your car back and I'm assuming that your uncle is easing up on you. And he's like, yeah, I'm out of the doghouse. Hey! He said the magic word! <laughs> and she's like, well, I thought maybe it's time for us to go on our date. And he goes, oh, yeah, great. Uh, and she's like, okay, pick me up at seven. Oh, crap, I let my car to Reggie. He's taking Veronica out. And Betty's, like, undeterred. She's like, we can take the bus. And Archie thinks this is the worst thing in the world and makes a face. And Betty's like, what about walk? And he goes, yeah, that sounds romantic. He's clearly (laughs) disappointed. But we get a cute 50s play on the Riverdale theme. Yes. I think, is this the first time we've heard it in a while? I don't 
think so. I think we've gotten it a little bit in other places, but there's been too much going on. There's been a lot going on. I just, I was like, I know I've heard it at the end of episodes, but I don't know that I've heard it in the show. <laughs> oh. So we go to we go over to Ray Barry's apartment and Jug and Tabitha are searching through. Tabitha finds a photo of a woman and on the back it says June 1948. And we come to figure out that that is actually her name, not when the photo was taken. Um, Jug had, has found a woman named June Simpson in South Carolina in his address book. And so Tabitha has also found a bunch of letters and they decide to call her and they're like, she probably doesn't know. So Jughead picks up the phone, calls June Simpson, tells her what happened. She asks, how did he die? We're not sure. It's like, is this the apartment in Seaside? And he's like, yes. And she's like, uh, the apartment on Magnolia street. Yes. And she's like, I'll be there as soon as we can. Jughead says he's going to tidy up the apartment. She goes, I appreciate it. Goodbye. So Ray Berry did have a wife. Mm-hmm. We cut back to school and Cheryl's standing there and she sees Kevin come out and he's like dazed and giddy. And she's like, are you okay? And he goes, oh man, you know, I'm floating on a cloud. Um, And she's like, well, why? And he goes, oh, I just heard Clay perform his latest poem, Ode to Sydney. And he's like a magician, but with his words. And Cheryl's like, oh, where, where did this performance take place? And he goes, oh, at a meeting of Black Athena. And she's like, you were allowed to go. Uh Uh-huh, Clay invited me. And so Cheryl is clearly hurt not bad but hurt this would be this would hurt fair fair also just the god he's like a magician with with his words (laughs) cheryl's face we cut on over to pops and it's archie and betty's date but archie is not paying attention to betty he keeps looking out the window because he feels like there's no other place but pops to go for a date so reggie should be there with his car and so anytime he hears a car, he's looking out the window and Betty is just being pretty much ignored. <laughs> he's so dumb. We cut to the dark room and Cheryl is talking to Tony about how Kevin went to the Black Athena meeting. And Tony's just like, well, yeah, Clay was presenting a poem and he wanted to have his boyfriend there. And Cheryl's like, yeah, he said it was an amazing experience, life changing even. And Tony, like, gets what's coming for this. She's like, okay, if you really want to come, Cheryl's very reassuring. I do. I would love to. It's like, okay, well, we're going to discuss Native Son. As I mentioned, you can borrow my copy. I finished it. And Cheryl takes the book and she goes, I do not take this lightly. I can't wait. Which is good and appropriate. This is so cute. It is very sweet. Tony's cute for the first time. I know. And non-cringy. Uh <laughs> Now we get probably the best scene in the whole episode. This is one of the best scenes they've ever done. I just love both both guys in this are just clearly having the best time of it. Somehow, somehow Charles Melton is the straight man in this scenario. AJ has just been killing it with Archie this season. Like this is a gear that he's never gotten to do on this show, and he is clearly having fun. They've clearly enjoyed writing for him to do this and it is perfect reggie comes in it's clearly late and we just hear a voice you had me worried sick do you have any idea what time it is and it's archie (laughs) and he gets up and is talking to reggie i thought you got into a wreck i kept imagining you in a ditch somewhere all mangled and bleeding and reggie's like where did you and veronica even go tonight and reggie's just like look i just didn't want to come straight home so i hit the freeway you did what 
hit the freeway i wanted to open her up a little so see what she can do you you took my car reggie that car is my favorite thing in the entire world anything could have happened to which reggie just looks at him and goes am i grounded no but i sure hope you dug your little joyride mantle because that's the last time in my car keys and he holds out his hand it is so great i i <laughs> no notes it's just perfect all charles melton has to do this whole scene is just stare at kj and go what are you doing what's your deal man am i grounded yep so the next morning <laughs> frank is talking to archie he's like i heard y'all going at it are y'all okay i thought you're supposed to be friends and archie's just like look i built that car with my dad um it's you know it's just really explain it like it's my it's my favorite thing it's his most prized possession and frank is look your dad and i shared a car growing up and we fought about it more than kate and abel did sheep really like that reference it's pretty good but like the kid's far from home he's far from his family and everything he knows he grew up scraping by working his ass off for things that guys like us take for granted give him a break which is very like sweet of frank to be like lay off him okay when did frank not become a dick he's not a dick why get with the program with the parents well the parents are a cult so that's a different thing uh i think it's different than a cult (laughs) but we've already argued that we cut over to the girls hatching a plan they talk about their dates and betty says it was not stellar that archie was distracted the whole time and betty asks how was reggie mixed usually boys want to go parking with me not cruising around town but he seemed preoccupied as well. And so Betty's is like, maybe we should switch dance partners and try again. To which Veronica's like, maybe we try a double date. And Betty's like, I got to know just the event. Did you hear about the big concert in Centerville? All the hipsters and hepcats will be there. So they're going to go tell the boys that they're taking them to this, this concert of fangs. They call them unlicked cubs. Gross. <laughs> don't i don't love it i don't but it is betty and veronica saying it about archie and reggie fair (laughs) uh we go back to the doghouse hey hey tabitha has read all the letters between ray and june and she explains what's happened basically thugs white thugs threw a brick through their window burned a cross in their yard and they went to the police who threatened to arrest them not the thugs but them and so he left so he could send them money um it was for june's family to keep them safe and then like as soon as like they got enough money they were gonna go live in paris as expats and tabitha's just like you know like this is the same types of stuff i would see when i was on tour with mrs till so they both kind of talk and it's like you know if they had such a clear plan why would ray Berry take his own lives which unless as you keep saying he didn't so like, we're getting more of the picture of what was going on with Ray Berry. They are, at least. We're outside school, and, you know, Archie, you know, goes up to Reg. It's like, hey, I'm sorry about last night. I lost my cool. I'm sorry for, you know, being car crazy. And Reggie's just like, you know, it's a disease. <laughs> and just then, the girls come up to them and just tell them what's going on. Um... First, like you're taking us on a double date first to dinner and then to the show any questions and they just kind of look at each other and are like all right they're just there at the jalopy yep and I'm like well we've been told what's happening to us so okay 
It's the smartest decision, boys. It, it is. Just be quiet. <laughs> Neither of you are smart enough to figure it out for yourselves. No. Uh, we go back to the music room for another Black Athena meeting. This time, Cheryl is there. Clay is leading again. Uh, they're talking about Native Son. You know, we talk about, you know, whose responsibility it is for the death of this woman. And, you know, Clay starts asking Cheryl some questions. You know, do you have anything to add? And she says, you know, only that it's the most powerful novel I've ever read. And that the family in this book, the Daltons, reminded me a lot of my own family in some unpleasant ways. But I'm very glad to have read it and to be learning more about it. Which is like, again, like she's not wearing her lipstick. She's very much in a vulnerable place. And Clay starts asking her more questions. You know, have is this book the only novel you've read by a Black author? And she's like, yes, but I can't wait to read more and clay's like well you won't be shocked to hear that i maintain an ever-evolving syllabus of black authors i believe everyone regardless of who they are or where they're from should be reading and she's like yeah thank you of course and so then we move on to something else clay would be a sweet pretentious dork i i really like the character of clay um i wish we had got had gotten him in our universe because he would have been a breath of fresh air oh for sure and also would have been like a solid person for kevin to have a relationship with instead of all the trauma we decided to put him through and moose i don't know moose always seemed to be okay except moose for like, had you know, so much trauma he went through his was different though it's because his dad was the like gargoyle king or whatever there was a lot yeah like moose was just like a lot of like weird shit jughead goes to the sheriff to tell tom like what he's learned like what he knows and keller's not buying it and so he like did how much did you really know about him and so he pops down this huge folder of info about rayberry and he's just like you know did you know that he was a card-carrying member of the communist party or that he was a draft dodger who protested the korean war that he was a dope fiend and that he spent a month as a mental patient at saint vincent's and like jughead's like no this is impossible and Tom is just like, you know, I'm not a head shrinker, but um, someone who's got that many secrets, it's a miracle they didn't take their life sooner. Huh. Yeah. Look, Tom Keller's always been a bad sheriff. He's not a good sheriff. He's but. A, he's a great dad. But he's never been a willfully terrible sheriff. Okay, but for like a town like this, you have to have a sheriff who's kind of inept, okay? No, no, no. Inept is one thing. He it's the willfulness of it mm -hmm. where it's like, this isn't the same Tom Keller. Oh, yeah, that's definitely sure. Uh, we cut back to the music room and it's after the Black Athena Club and Cheryl and Tony are, are putting the room back together, putting tables back, putting music stands back where they go. And they're like, you know, how did you think the meeting went? Better than I thought it would, actually. Like, I'm relieved. I was worried people would be uncomfortable around you or that you would feel uncomfortable around my friends. And Cheryl's like, they were, and I was. And she's not so much uncomfortable as I was worried I wasn't going to say the right thing at first. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Tony completes her thoughts, like, but then everyone settled in nicely. And it was really nice to have you there. And Cheryl's like, it was. But I think you were right to be so protective. It's your club, your space, and I'm grateful that I got to experience it and that I got to see firsthand what you're so passionate about. But I think in the future, I'll just attend the more public events. Aww. which is so for for the knowledge we have of our timeline cheryl this is such like growth and it's really beautiful for her to like she's not she didn't scheme to get in that room 
She was respectful while she was in that room. She didn't make it about herself. And she realizes, like, this is not for me. Like, I have a lot to learn, but this this group is not for me, which is a lot for the Cheryl that we know. So this is great. And Tony, you know, responds, just like, okay, well, we're going to do an open mic night in the dark room next month. And Cheryl's like, I'll be in there at the front row. And Tony, Tony's like, well, and, and maybe you could read some more books off of Clay's list. And Cheryl's like, absolutely. And then we could talk about them after. And, you know. Tony's like, yes. And how about we go to that concert in Centerville? And Cheryl's like, I think I can make myself available. So it's very sweet. Like they're meeting each other, like where they need to be. Like Tony's inviting her to go out that evening so they can hang out, spend more time together. Like, this is great. This is like healthy. It's the Tony we've always wanted. Yeah. Uh, Then we go to Rayberry's apartment. June is there. She kind of explains more of what's happening. And when Jughead asks about, you know, he was, you know, he protested the war and it's like, yeah, he served in World War II. And that's when he became addicted to opium because of a war injury. And, you know, and then he checked himself into St. Vincent's voluntarily. And so like, yes, he attended the communist meetings when he was young and curious and suffering from the Great Depression. And, you know, Doug is like, yeah, that all makes sense. And June, you know, explains that my husband was an optimist, despite everything that, you know, life threw at him. He was a janitor at the Maple Factory. Ding, ding, ding. That's going to come back. Guess who owns that Maple Factory? Of course, it's going to be the Blossoms. It's going to come up sometime, some way. I don't know how yet, but it's definitely a thing. Um, So Doug had asked, you know, if he didn't take his own life, who might have done this? And she has no idea. But she says, if you want to look into Brad's death, I won't stop you. Okay, cool. So we go to Pops and it's double date time. And the boys have a car magazine to which the girls are like, serves us right for stopping at the newsstand. And <laughs> they are just going through and they are just obsessed and are completely ignoring the girls. And they both try to like jump in. And Betty mentions, you know, that there's that there's she's never met an engine she couldn't repair and you know veronica makes a comment about you know the cars that steve mcqueen would ride around in hollywood like they're trying to like meet them and with this fixation and they're just like not paying attention and they're just like okay well i guess we need to leave now or we'll never make it to centerville on time and then the boys fight over who's gonna drive they're so dumb they're so dumb they're so dumb. I uh, love it. It's precious. We cut back to Rayberry's apartment and Miss Simpson's getting ready to go. And they're like, okay, so what's next for you? And she's like, well, I'm going to bury my husband where we first met. And I'm going to see about getting his novel published. And she says, you know, Bradley loved comic books, you know, ever since I knew him. And I'm sure he'd be happy for you to continue adapting his stories. And Jughead's like, I'm so honored. And I'll talk to Fieldstone about doing a tribute issue with all the proceeds going to you and your family, of course. And she's like, that would be appreciated. And then she looks at the two of them and she's like, are you two going steady? I'm like, no, no. I mean, we're classmates and friends. Good <laughs> friends. And then like Jughead's like, yeah, pals. And she just kind of makes a knowing smile. It's like, you two take care of each other. That's important. It's like, you <laughs> Also, the novel, this also puts into perspective why he was so upset that somebody would read that novel without him knowing. Yes. Because it was his plan to get everybody out and safe. Yep. Well. Uh, We cut to the side of a road 
And it looks like the jalopy is out of gas. Betty offers some help. Arch, do you need a hand? He's so mad, but he's smiling. Dignant so about this. And he's like, it seems like someone goofed it and forgot to fill up the gas tank. So, okay. Betty's just like, okay, we need gas and we need to beat feet fast. And Veronica's like, well, considering I'm wearing stilettos and Pops is five miles that way, I suggest you two cool it and start walking while we stay here and huddle for warmth. <laughs> so the boys start walking up and, you know, they're they're walking away from the car and Arch tells Reggie that he should just ask Clifford Blossom for a car. Ooh. And Reg is super insulted. He's like, I don't want to be, you know, in debt to that guy any more than I already am. That is fair. They, which is totally valid and they start to fight and a car comes by and like they try to like they stop their fighting to like get their attention but like car's not having it and so they just keep fighting and they're wrestling and they're just like submit submit <laughs> this whole thing first so of all funny. it gets like it gets real touchy because Archie's just like, stop being so touchy. And Reggie's got like actual points. Am I too uppity for you? Am I forgetting my place? Yeah. And then the wrestling starts, and it's so fucking funny. It's just, they're clearly having a ball. Reggie just sits on him. Basically. Archie gets out of it, but it's pretty funny. Um, But then we cut back to the girls trying to stay warm, and Cheryl, Tony, and Midge drive up in a car, and they're like, hey, this is where we're going. And Betty and Veronica are just like, you know, who cares about the boys? And they jump in the car with the other girls. Tony grabs a flask. She's like, we're having a good time. Tony's like, ooh, Tony's already had a few. Uh, we come back to Rayberry's apartment, and Tabitha just feels like she needs to go back on the road. And she's, you know, she was planning to like take time off to rest and reevaluate, but you know, this is this is more important. And um, you know, Jughead's like, well, there's nothing more meaningful than you know what y'all are fighting for. And she's like, yeah, well, maybe this time you'll actually send me my homework. And he goes, yes, yes, mm. <laughs> I will. And Tabitha said, maybe I'll send you some letters too. And, and he smiles at that. And we cut over to Pops and the boys are getting gas. And Pops is like, what happened? And they're they're just being assholes to each other. And uh, Pops is like, you know. Um, I've got an abandoned jalopy in my garage. Why don't you take it off my hands, Reggie? You'd actually be doing me a favor. Um, I bet you you could keep it at the school for shop class. And like, how does that sound? And they're just like, oh, my God, that's great. Thank you so much. And, you know, he tops off their gas can and, and they go. It's very cute. Archie just does the handshake and Reggie hugs Pop. And it's Pop so is like, cute. OK, OK, get you off of go, me. Go. <laughs> So they're they're walking back down the road with their gas and Reggie's like, I gotta come clean. The night I took Veronica out, I didn't go joy joyriding. That's not why I came out late. And Archie's like, Well, where'd you go? I was like, I went back home to Duck Creek to see my folks. I was feeling homesick. And Archie's like, Well, why didn't you just tell me that? And he's like, I don't wanna go tell people that I miss my mom and dad. <laughs> Which is sweet. And Archie's like, you know, I've never really thought about it like this. But I've felt homesick ever since my dad left for Korea. That's the best way to describe it. Homesick. Which is just like so heartbreaking and, and sweet at the same time. Especially since, you know, Luke Perry's gone. It's just like, oh man. Ugh. That hurts. And it's really sweet. But he's just like, you know, he was my best friend. I've really never had one since. And Reggie's like, what about Betty? 
or what's his name? Beef soup, soup can. <laughs> you mean Shook. Jughead? Yeah, I guess you can't really talk V8s with him. No, not really. He's a good egg, though. And Betty, she's, and he just laughs to himself. So Archie asks, how, how are your folks? Like, they're good. They're happy I ended up in a good home with good people. You're good people, Arch. And Archie's like, yeah, you too. My dad would have gotten a kick out of you. Well, yeah. And it's just it's just really sweet. And they're like, do you think the girls are going to go ape on us? And then they get up to the car and they're like, oh, where are the girls? <laughs> and so then we hear Fang's version of Tutti Frutti that we heard a couple episodes ago. And then we hear, you know, the girls kind of partying but we just kind of flash back over to the school and fangs is walking down the hallway and all the girls are really excited and they're kind of like rushing him and then he sees midge and he goes up to midge and they they kind of have a little talk where they were before he's like i can't believe you got kind of my gig she's like if you thought i was gonna miss the biggest show of your career you've got a screw loose like well thank god you're so stubborn midge because you were my lucky charm i got a business card from a music producer at phantom rock records Midge screams. Very cute. Uh, we go to, uh, I guess, shop class. Mm-hmm. And Reggie is showing Archie the car. He's like, this is Bella. That was like, I always dream about having a car named Bella. <laughs> yep. And Archie's like, well, I thought you could use some help. Um, he's like, yeah, that's why I asked Betty. Betty. And then she comes out and she's in her coveralls and she's all adorable. She's like, oh, are you helping out too? He's like, yeah, I suppose. And she's like, or I was telling Reggie, you missed an incredible show last night. Thing sure is the next big thing. And uh, then like Betty and Reggie are like working on something. They're like, oh, can I have that? Yeah. And they're talking and Archie's like, what? And they're like, oh, nothing. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and it's like, clearly it was like, oh, we're working on the car and I'm here too. Uh-oh. Which I like because, you know, in the comics, Reggie and Betty didn't really date or anything like some i think i from what i remember like sometimes reggie would hit on betty but like they didn't like they weren't really interested in each other yeah but this is totally gonna make archie sweat <laughs> i love it i think this is i think this is fun it's a it's a fu- again it's a fun play on the let's do the love triangle but let's do a little differently mm-hmm. i'm fine i'm fine with that we cut back to jug at ray berry's and he's still cleaning some stuff up and he gets a knock on the door and it's a neighbor, Mrs. Martin, um, she's got a cat. She goes, oh, I lived down the hall and I ran out of milk for my cat. I was wondering if there might be any Mr. Rayberries. And so he goes and he checks and it's empty. And she goes like, that's weird. I wonder how that happened. What happened to the milk bottles? And Chuck's like, what? The milk bottle? She goes, yeah, I heard the milkman making a really late delivery. Oh, you saw him? No, I was inside the apartment, but I heard him. How do you hear a milkman? And Mrs. Martin's like, the distinct rattle of glass bottles, of course. My kitty heard it right away because it is just about her favorite sound in the whole world. Isn't that right, Miss Kitty? And Jughead is like, oh, no. Riverdale. Riverdale. Yep. Milkman came. The cat is adorable. The cat is very cute. Big, floofy, grumpy cat that does not want to be talked to. Cute cat actor. (sighs) So what did we learn? I learned nothing. We learned. Except the boys are Stupid. We learned that Jughead now knows that a milkman visited Mr. Rayberry. That's what we learned in this episode. Oh, and Cheryl learns that it's not her place to be at Black Athena. And she learned that her family fucking blows for a lot of reasons. Cheryl learned a lot. Cheryl learned a lot of things. And oh, and and things may um get a record deal. That's what we learned. That's what we learned today. Okay. 
Well, it's still, still nothing about the fucking shit we need to know. All right, well, let's go watch the next time on to see if we'll learn anything new. All right. Uh, next week's episode is called Halloween 2, which I love it when they do a Halloween episode. We kind of already got that with the Jughead episode with his three stories or four stories rather. But this is fun too. Well, this one isn't going to be a, a, a button story, it looks like. It's going to be no. Halloween is happening and they're all in costume. Yes, which I'm all for. Uh, I'm all for it. Veronica's going to host a ghost show. There's going to be some singing and dancing a little bit. This isn't our musical episode. We still haven't gotten any announcement on what that is going to be. Yeah, fair. Or what that might look like, um, which those usually come later in the season anyways. Um, it looks like we're going to get this episode and then it looks like based on the schedule right now we might have a one week hiatus maybe oh. one week um which actually would work out really well for us personally but yeah <sighs> they're just they're just not willing to give us anything <laughs> well i i'm again I, I i've talked about it before but i'm i'm fine with the vague previews like cool i'm fine with not knowing anything but the episode should have things it should have things yeah yeah on the other hand they're having a whole lot of fun in this world yeah so i can't i can't blame them for like we're gonna have some fucking fun with the 1950s setup and shit just Mm -hmm. drop some more hints please yeah please that would be enjoyable tell us what the fuck is going on (laughs) all right well until next time hashtag go bulldogs Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.